Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your bi-weekly dose of film criticism, film thoughts, and thoughts on the world of pop culture in general from your three favorite movie junkies. Here I am, number one, Victor Moreno, along with my co-host, Kirby Nelson, and Joshua T. Ruth. That was my little... That was my little... What does they call it? Taps? Is that what they call that? Taps? Taps. That was my taps for movie pass. Goodbye, movie pass. <laughs> I thought you were doing a close encounter to <laughs> the third time. Yeah, no, not quite. Not quite. No, I'm, I'm, I'm burying my movie pass ca- uh, card at sea. It's a burial at sea. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk a lot about the death of movie pass and the rise of competitive services today, along with our reviews and thoughts on The First Purge, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado, and much, much more. You know, we're explorers in the deepest regions of celluloid angels to some, demons to others. Join us, as always, at CultFollowingCO. We're also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, among many others soon to come. Uh, you can always find some of us doing some awesome movie stuff. Uh, we just did Jaws in the Water last week. You can join us on Saturday, July 28th, once again at the Moxie for another installment in our Dive In Movie series where we'll be doing The Last Starfighter What with Game On Expo cool. at sundown. I didn't hear about this. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a big bombshell revelation. Nice. You can also join, uh, join me the day before at the Alamo Draft House in Chandler where I will be, uh, Doing a Q&A via Skype with Barbara Crampton for her new movie, Dead Night, which was also called Apple Cart, that played at Fantastic ah, Fest. right. I did miss that one, but I did I did meet uh, Barbara Crampton as she was walking into a screening of that, actually. Or she was like, no, she had just gotten out of a screening of that, and then she was like in line to see some other movie, and she was like waiting in the back of the line, mm-hmm. and then like, we're like, you're Barbara freaking Crampton. So, like, people kept saying, no, you cut in front of me, you cut in front of me. And then, like, she got to, like, the front of the line. Because uh, it's like, dude, no, Barbara Crampton does not wait in the back of the line. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so, join me, because I, uh, I will be hosting this along with uh, Lauren Knight, the creative manager at Alamo. We'll, I'll be hitting up Barbara Crampton with thoughts on that movie and her career at large. Uh, tickets for that are on sale at drafthouse.com. Another thing you might want to hit up, by the way, this is the events calendar portion. The I'm events not, calendar. I'm not doing it in my NPR voice because <laughs> I want you to be excited. But, uh, you know, Brother Adam, as always, doing great work on behalf of Lay Draft House Du Alamo. Uh, he will be hosting, or not, he won't, he has put together a remembrance screening for Harlan Ellison of A Boy and His Dog. Seriously, this is awesome. This will be at the Alamo Draft House Tempe on July 12th. Yes. And tickets are only $6. Tickets are available at drafthouse.com slash phoenix. Also available at the Draft House app on your phone store. Yeah. It's totally free and probably the best way to do it. And, uh... If you're not busy that weekend, uh, Cult Classics will be at Mad Monster from July 13th to the 14th to the 15th. Lots of cool stars there. Robert Englund, Kane Hodder, Tom Savini, among cool. many others. There's always great panels. We will be giving away uh, 
probably lots of tickets. We'll be giving away tickets to Unfriended Dark Web. We'll be giving away t- uh, passes to the Alamo Draft House. We'll have lots of cool posters and merch. And uh, me and Ruby will be, the following week after that, we'll be at San Diego Comic Con. And we'll be taking lots of pictures and stuff that you can find on cultfalling.co and our YouTube channel. Cult YouTube. Fall- yes, which you'll find linked on the cultfalling.co website. We'll have lots of videos and stuff on there. There's already some cool archival live video content and adam likes to live stream his video games so you'll yeah. see lots of horizon zero dawn and other stuff and you'll see more content from us on there youtube man i was talking a lot there for a second hey so. man that's good and yeah you know, i'm just gonna say if you are like in think oh i don't have anything to do like you're just a fraud you definitely have things to do yeah oh and, no uh, excuse exactly uh tickets for last starfighter will be on sale this monday on cultclassicsaz.com. Only $8. There'll be packages to get shirts and prints, as always. It's a fun time. We had, like, around 100 people at nice. Jaws this past week. That was a good, good show. You know, fun pre-show, return of Don't Talk Watch. People were digging it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it, it, our, our screenings with Game On Expo are always a fun time. Switching yeah. it up this year, not Scott Pilgrim, but Last Starfighter. I like that. Yes, thanks it's a, again. It's a good video game movie. To our friends at Swank Motion Picture Company. All right, so why don't we just jump into reviews because I'm tired of talking. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? <clears throat> um, do you know what soldado means? It means soldier okay. in Spanish. Gotcha. Because I saw the movie and I don't think it's ever mentioned once. Like, really? Did, was that, am I wrong yeah, on that? Yeah, it was in the, the very end. Oh, was he, it? Uh, but I can't. Okay. Reveal the yeah, end because I really anything. don't want to make it a spoiler cast. Yeah, yeah, no, one. no, for sure. But um, yes, I guess I just said. missed it. Yeah, because um, I guess in like in Europe it's called Sicario Two Soldado. Oh, so here it's Sicario Day of the Soldado. I think it's a pretty terrible title. Soldado would probably just be a good title. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid I mean, enough because I had a hard enough time with the first one. Like, what the fuck does a Sicario mean? Right, because right. it's like slang for an assassin, not like the Spanish I grew it's up It's a with. good point. And, and actually, yeah, I think, because look, Sicario, people didn't know what Sicario was. I can understand they wanted to sell, hey, by the way, this is a sequel of that movie Sicario that a lot of you people liked, mm-hmm. but it just, it would have been so much better as I think just Sicario is part one, Soldado is part two. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so we, I, I saw that, um, so we can talk about that. And uh, Kirby, I believe you also saw that film, right? Yeah, I'm just laughing at my dad joke head going, <laughs> shouldn't it have been Sicario Dos? Oh, <laughs> good one. That's a good Quesadilla. one. Quesadilla. Uh, quesadillas. Um, <laughs> I like them with the tortillas. Yeah, I um, I super, super loved this movie. Um, you know, I, I have the review up on cultfollowing.co where I... I mean, I do have to say, and, and I, I certainly take it to task in my review for things that I find to be a bit pro- problematic about the film. Um, you know, not so much in terms of the filmmaking itself, but there, you know, I think just at its nature, this is a very political film. But what I find truly, truly interesting is that I have had equal amounts of people from opposite ends of the political spectrum telling me how incredibly offensive and propaganda-ish this film is, but from both angles. Um, and both of them, I refuse to watch this movie because it's liberal propaganda. I refuse to watch this movie because it's conservative propaganda. And it's like, it's really funny that they're both just as upset about it. Um, which tells me that the movie is doing a really good job of not being on anybody's side. 
Um, so I, I just, I don't think that you can, you can really talk about this film without addressing the, I don't know, the, the real hornet's nest of politics that it is at its nature, you know, in its nature. But I do think that if you can set that aside, um, as a thriller, I just think it is incredibly well crafted. Uh, just, just, I mean, absolutely had, I was on the edge of my seat. I almost viewed it as, um, kind of a modern Western in this way where it's like, you know, it was like they're in this, these bad lands where there was like, everyone was a bad guy and nobody was good. And, and, you know, everybody had, you know, was kind of compromised, uh, morally. Um, so, you know, I just, I really, really loved it. Completely surprised. I really didn't expect much of this movie at all. Um, so what did, what did you think about it, Kirby? Uh, I definitely agree with the Western assessment. It had a lot more than the first one, which is more of like a, you know, you don't want to call it like a spy thriller because that's not an accurate sure. assessment. But it was definitely more like, uh, you know, international, uh, you know, soldiers. And, and yeah. it was all this this intricate web, which carries over into the second film. Mm-hmm. And I, I have heard the same thing definitely on both sides and in the middle of a political spectrum that this was a very polarizing movie. I guess I'd look at it as that uh, both sides realize you shouldn't trust the government because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I think that's the overwhelming lesson out of everything because I think that's where it does make everybody an enemy is, is that not ever or not that's ambiguous about their uh, their role and their morality is is that mm-hmm. these aren't really moral people uh, right. that are involved. Um, I mean, yeah, there's definitely issues with um, I can see where both sides would be coming from where. Uh, you know, nothing offends me, so I don't really have an issue with it, or generally doesn't. So, I mean, there's not much I can say. Sure. It was just, I mean, it's it's a well-done film. I probably preferred the first one more than this oh, overall. Yeah. But I, I got, uh, the two things I have to say is the cinematography and oh, the soundtrack amazing, are right? both, the score is really well done, fits uh, extremely well. Um, the entire movie, I was actually wondering if the cinematography was actually Roger Deakins. And if, I mean, Roger Deakins, if, if you can, if you can watch a movie and say, is that Roger Deakins? You know, they're doing something right. You know, cause uh, I mean, he's just, he's the best there is, period. And, um, you know, this one was, uh, what, how, I forget his name now. Do you remember the, uh, cinematography? Uh, of it? no, I don't off the top of my head. I, I'll look it up right now, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, though, about this film that I did not like, especially in the beginning, I would say the first 10 to 25 minutes, is I really did not like the way it was edited. Um, I felt mm. it was really clunky. It picks up extremely well in the middle through the end, but the beginning, I think they're just trying to uh, cram way too many storylines right. and explanations in to make it really effective. Um, they, they just can't seem to pick, especially the opening, um, just really, it's like, you could have done one or the other. Agreed. And I feel like they just went like, oh, we could do both. And it's like, the opening know. is almost like comical. It's like this comical piece of, I mean, really, it reads as propaganda. You know, it's just, it's like, oh, wow, like it's in the, a porous, borders means you know all your grocery store is going to get blown up and it just it has this kind of thing and it it does feel honestly like an episode of 24 um it does it's a little hacky um but yeah i definitely think that it it transitions into something else and just on the word on the the cinematographer is darius wolski um who darius wolski i mean he he did prometheus he did crimson tide he did dark city um so you know 
he's definitely got some chops himself, but, um, but yeah, following Roger Deakins is not an easy job at all. Um, I also did want to call out the, uh, the little girl actress. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is, uh, Isabella Monair, or I think that's how you pronounce it. M O N E R. So, um, she was in Transformers, the latest one, the last night. No, I actually, I actually tried to suffer through it on Amazon Prime, and it was extremely difficult. Yeah, you know, no, that one's my epic review of that one. Um, up now on cultfollowing.co, I highly recommend you read it. It's probably the the thing I'm most proud of in terms of film review. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, it's a fever dream of a review. But anyway, she was kind of lost in the mix in that movie, but I thought she was just tremendous. Like one of the first moments she's on screen is this moment. She just like rears back and punches this other schoolgirl, And yeah. she just has this look in her eyes that I was like, Holy smokes, there's some ferocity there from like this teenage actress um, that you don't normally see. Um, so I was very, very impressed. Without with a her. spoiler, she spends a lot of the movie with Benicio del Toro, who is the other real standout. Oh yeah, um, in this movie. I mean, he makes he made the first movie to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was the the film for me. Not that I, I don't want it, like that. Josh Brolin's performance wasn't good, or um, some of the uh, other actors involved. I just those two really made this movie a lot better. I I will say I, I did think of you though because I um the one kid um there's one kid who um uh listen miguel the uh-huh. the, the kid who becomes sure. you know he becomes a smuggler and stuff he uh is um literally looks like that guy from uh it follows paul he looks so much like him oh, like a young yeah. version yeah i could see that That was like oh my god it's a mestizo paul from <laughs> fucking it follows like it it looks so much like him to me yeah. at least um but uh yeah i mean i i don't know for me i mean I can see where people would feel like the propaganda side of things on both of them. I mean, that's, I think for me, what it is in this movie is just that in the end, it's like, um, it plays out as it often does in the real world that what we're told by people is, is that, you know, this is how it happened or this is what happens. And it rarely does exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But it also, I mean, there's, for some reason, we live in a world where, people are ignoring terrorism like it doesn't happen and i don't understand that either like it's like you can read it on any news source like any valid news source that it's going on like um and it's just kind of one of those things where but i think that like the behind the scenes story which i feel like this film does try to showcase a bit more is that it's never as uh black and white straight laced as it seems right and so i think that that's probably one of the better successes of this movie and I, like I said, I mean, people who are going to be, you know, pitted into their camps and stuff like that, you know, are, are probably going to miss out on the, I, the I, bigger picture. Well, and I think they're missing out on a really, really good film, well, too, yeah. and that's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I guess the, the comparison I make this in my review that I think, and I don't know if you think this holds water, but, and I mean, this may be kind of silly with the, the, the content we're talking about here, but it, it, it does very much feels like an alien aliens situation. There's way more action in this movie, um, way more than the first film, but I also don't feel that the craft is on. I want to avoid using the word alien and aliens <laughs> of this movie, but that's okay. Good one. Um, um yeah, no, it is, it is definitely way more action packed. Right. And that's the only thing I think too, it's funny in the beginning is because the beginning of not the, chandler section uh, but unquote. the the border 
um, beginning of right. Sicario was so tense. I remember like grabbing my seat. Yeah. I could not believe how well, well done that was. And I feel like a, a couple of the scenes, the, um, were kind of there, but they just, that was the only problem is they just, it's like a lot of films now where I just feel like, there's no other way to say it. It's just premature ejaculation. They <laughs> they just are, you know, it, it, they always blow the load way too early in a lot of these movies. I mean, comic book movies being the worst offender of all. Mm, but, yeah. I mean, I just feel like that that's uh, something that, um, especially with such long run times now on movies, it's like, you, you can take some time. It, right. It'll work out. Like, you know, but overall, it's still an enjoyable movie. I, I'd still mm. recommend it. Just for the merits that I think we both pointed out, but um, you know, it's um, it, it's one of those that you know, it, you know, catch up when you can if you, if you miss it. But I don't know how long it's going to last because I know it didn't do as I think as well as they anticipated. Yeah. So if you do want to see it, I don't know if it, it's a good summer movie. Honestly, I think even with the amount of action, this mm-hmm. film, this one would have been ser- better served in a different time. Um, yeah. So definitely, again, I, I, I really, really liked it. I don't know if it's not, it's probably not going to make my top 10 of the year or anything, uh, when everything's said and done, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, uh, the other, uh, big thing that I wanted to talk about, and we briefly touched upon this, not really actually in the last episode, um, but was, uh, the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, um, uh, which is a documentary about Mr. Rogers. Um, and, uh, now have either of you guys seen that? No, okay. I have not yet. So I highly recommend this. It is still playing at a few places. Um, I believe that um, the Alamo is still playing it. It'll probably be playing in a couple other places. Um, but it's uh, it's just tremendous. Uh, fantastic, fantastic documentary. Um, just in terms of the subject matter and how well it's put together, definitely one of the better documentaries I've watched in a while. Um, it's a very emotional experience, especially if you grew up with uh, Mr. Rogers. Um, I mean, no lie. Like my theater, like almost everyone was in tears. Um, mm-hmm. and like consistently through the movie, not just during a part of it, but like consistently. And I kind of expected just cause I was very moved by the trailer. Yeah. I was um, crying. During yeah. The trailer. Like I was kind of expecting it like a couple of points in the film to be moved. I did not expect that it would hit me within five minutes and continue through the entire thing. Um, but it's also, I, you know, it's not like sad. It's not like a, it's not like a, like a, depression fest it's quite the the opposite it just um you know kind of what a a pure soul that mr rogers truly was and he was you know one of my favorite parts about it is, is he was such a radical um and very much uh was was standing up against the establishment in the ways that he could and he was a a very big proponent of civil rights um and he the way that he did these things was because he just realized that he had to reach children and he was somebody who was a minister that was going to be a radical no matter what he was going to do and he could have been out there marching in the streets and he could have done all these things but he realized that you know reaching children was the most important thing that you could do. Um, and it's really, really stunning the things that he does, just that the small acts of defiance that he does and the small little things that have these double meanings uh, that when you watch them in retrospect, um, it truly, truly is a moving experience. What I also love um, is that this documentary does not shy away from actually asking the question of, yeah, but did any of that make any difference? And it actually looks at kind of the state of where we are and the division that we are experiencing. And frankly, how a lot of the people out there right now that are acting so shitty 
are people that grew up with Mr. Rogers. And so it asks the question of, yeah, but did it actually make any difference? Um, and so, you know, and I don't know if it necessarily answers that question, but it asks the question, which is pretty important. Um, so, and it, you know, ex- examines kind of who he was and how damaged he was and that this was a way for him to, you know, kind of, uh, work out a lot of his issues. So, um, I think it's, it's just one of those documentaries that they come along that they, they are next level. Um, and that's what the best documentaries do. A very good documentary will give you a, a you know, just a, a good breakdown of someone's life and it'll be a good biography of them. But the best documentaries are ones that elevate that they're saying something else. There's this meta layer. And I definitely think that's there with, uh, won't you be my neighbor? And I think that it's, it's an important thing now because since we do have a time where, you know, it seems like, you know, if, if Mr. Rogers was around now, people would, you know, make fun of him and, you know, call him a wussy and all these things. I think a lot of people would, but, you know, to have somebody that is kind of that gentle and good spirited that never throughout their life had any kind of scandal or anything or something horrible happen, you know, that, that they just were a good person that lived life by their own terms and, you know, tried to help a lot of people along the way is, is something that maybe we need right now um, in our kind of current culture. Um, of which Mr. Rogers was one of the only people I can really, I don't think anybody, I think that's why we shouldn't elevate people. We should elevate ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe there should be any holidays or any kind of um, things for any individual because right. it should be the idea or uh, the position or whatever it is instead of the people because people are deeply flawed and that people have such, they're so, they hold on so strongly to that, that cult of personality of people that they don't realize that it, Mr. Rogers to me as a kid when I was growing up and in studying his life, I mean, I can watch the documentary. I know most of his life. And I think Mr. Rogers as a, you know, as a rebellious figure is more that his whole thing was that he in if he were in a now i think what it is is that he wouldn't fit a narrative or an idea he wasn't on anybody's side other than for the side of what can be considered truly good which is the idea of being fair and and honest to everybody and to be welcoming and kind which i just i don't think most people have that in their hearts these days to do um you know i think that he was just one of the fred rogers was one of those guys i mean I don't think it was just, I mean, well, first and foremost, yes, he was a deeply religious person. Um, the way he viewed, you know, truth and justice and kindness and charity was, you know, it could be, um, it should be applied to all and it should. And that's yeah. the way life should. But we, we don't live in that society these days more and more because people, um, I think, you know, in general, I mean, this is just, you know, my view, you know, like asking that deep probing question in the documentaries, you know, why, why can't we be more like Mr. Rogers? And it's like, we can we choose not to because we choose to believe that people if uh this this and this if any of these things then you're my enemy or something and we have a very a horrible attitude of that and it's uh, you know i i think we're all you know like i said human and and have failings i think it's just that the the willingness to do better is to say hey um it it goes beyond even the golden rule kind of living it goes beyond just in saying hey I mean, what, I think, what would you do you know what would yeah. you really do what would you want in your life and if your life was bad right. how are you going to make it better which sounds super cheesy and motivational when i say it out loud but that was but, his but whole see, thing I from think, the I beginning mean, the fact that you say that it's like you touch upon something that this because we have like this natural cynicism that's baked into us right now we can't say anything without saying 
the the you know well yeah i know that sounds self-motivational it sounds yeah. cheesy right because we're so afraid of that and I, and i do think that that is one of the things i mean you you know you talk about just being kind or supportive is viewed as as you know we take it with the suspicion you know well, you know well what are you what are you trying to sell me if you're being nice to me what are you trying to sell well, me and we take it as that if you are kind to a person or if you're willing to listen to them or to uh, talk with them then you are accepting of of what they think or feel or believe it's the idea that people aren't aren't human like if they do not agree with us politically socially whatever culturally they or with that very rigid paradigm right. then they're not and that's yeah. the whole point humanize them you're absolutely well right. everybody especially children i mean children yeah. now more than ever are are very much being molded into what their parents want. Yeah. And you think that would be the lesson that people would have learned so long ago is to not project and to not um, try to become that way. But I see more and more kids and it's like, there's no kid who believes this, no child who does. It's, it is, they are indoctrinated with these things. And it's like, but it, it's it, not just the parents, it's yeah. the internet too. Well, no, it is. Well, it's the, and it's the culture and the, the, the schools and all, and the government right. as a whole. And the people going, if you don't believe this, this, and this, and it's like, you know, kids are not, that was the one thing Fred Rogers was. And a lot of people are, they're saying, you know, I hold, you know, early childhood education, um, background or, you know, I've studied this and, what I feel is, is that, you know, these are the things that are not healthy or helpful for children. Mm-hmm. So we should avoid those and, and go with something more, um, general, like, like this is kindness, love, right. um, sympathy, empathy. Because if you have those things, then that's all you need. I mean, yeah, I just, and, I, and I just, I do think yeah. it's interesting because in today's society, and this is where I think that it's good that Mr. That Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers came up when he did is because so often now kindness and empathy are viewed as weakness and they're easily mocked. And that's one thing that I've become acutely aware of recently is that if you're trying to be nice and if you're trying to be kind, you're trying to be gentle, you're trying to be quiet, that those things are easy to mock because it's always easy for somebody to express genuine emotion or expect uh, express sadness or something and then have the one person come in with the laughy emoji you know and and it's like and 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 that's i think that people do have that gentleness kind of beat out of them and what you had with Fred Rogers was somebody who didn't um and he passed that gentleness on to other people um well i yeah. think what it is more than anything in the end is is that love um is really love in the people what it is now is people going, I love or I have this love or this, this care or this defense. And it's like, no, it's, it's really just hatred. You're right. disguising it as love. But what it really is, is you hate people or you hate this individual or these ideals or this or that. But you are, you're removing the humanity from people and from yourself in the end. You're saying that, you know, people aren't, if they're this thing or this, and you know, and that was the thing prior is like, no, we're not. That's not the way the world works. Right. That's not the way our. It's this is the way the world should be. Yeah. Um. And it starts. And also with this. gave yeah. gave children the mm-hmm. respect to believe that they have more complicated feelings than maybe people are giving sure. them credit for. Um. And then just a quick note on that. Um. I do want to also just give a little shout out. Um. That I think is actually a good segue from um uh, what Fred Rogers kind of was as a human being. But there's this uh, new Adult Swim show called Joe Para Talks with You. 
Um, and Joe Para is a stand-up comedian who has done the show. I was not familiar with his work, um, but he is. Uh, it's it's this very interesting show. It's you know it's Adult Swim. It's live action. Okay, so it's not not animated. And, and as anyone knows, if watches kind of their live action stuff, Adult Swim live action stuff tends to be a little kooky. Um, but this one is just this guy who is. Uh, you know, it's this character. I mean, his name is Joe Para, but I obviously assume he's putting on some kind of a character. But he is just this um, kind of gentle, naive, good-spirited guy. And he essentially kind of talks to you. He narrates to you, the audience. And there's like one episode called uh, Joe Para Talks You Back to Sleep. And it's like this camera slowly pans in on him and he's laying in bed and he's got the lights on and there's like just this really calming music playing in the background and he just speaks in this and he's like, hi, I'm Joe Para and you can't sleep either. Can you? Well, let me tell you what I think about when I can't go to sleep. And it's like, you know, and it's like just, he's very calming and then it ends up taking like these kind of weird turns, but they're really insightful and hilarious at the same time. So, um, I definitely think, uh, you know, uh, Jason Woodbury actually turned me onto this show oh. and, um, this, it's his favorite show of the year, hands down. Um, and, uh, you know, I said it's no terror, but it's, it's really good. Um, but <laughs> he absolutely loves the show. It's got a very big fan base and it's kind of hard to explain the magic of the show, but I highly recommend you seek it out. It's only 15 minutes. Um, I believe it's just, if you go to adultswim.com, it, the, the episodes are on there. Um, and, uh, there's, there's clips online, but you know, there's one episode where he's listening to the radio and, um, uh, Baba O'Reilly by the who comes on and he calls up the radio station. He's like, uh, could you tell me the song that's, that's playing right now? He's like, Oh, you kidding me? You know, of course you got to know the song. He's like, Oh no. Could you tell me the song? He's like, yeah, it's called Baba O'Reilly. And he's like, okay. And who's the band? And he's like, it's called the who. And then so like, then he's like, uh, could you play it again? He's like, no, I can't. So then he calls a different radio station. He's like, will you play Baba O'Reilly by the who? And he becomes like obsessed with the song and he goes around telling everybody about Baba O'Reilly and he just like listens to the song on repeat and he just like, it completely expands his life and, uh-huh. and he's never heard the song before. So it's like this guy who's like completely doesn't know anything about the world and like little things like excite him and also let him down. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, it's a really, really good show. It's kind of like a, I don't know, a not as affected kind of like a Forrest Gumpy kind of a thing. You know, he's not like as slow as Forrest Gump, but he oh, is kind okay. of like as like naive and you're kind of seeing the world through his childish eyes in a way. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, but yeah, again, really, really, really good show. Highly recommended. Everybody check it out. Yeah, so that's me. Mm. What else we got? Herbie. Um, well, we talked about Sicario. Um, the only one I'm going to say, because I think Victor and I will talk about our, uh, 4th of July purging it up. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, was, um, I just want to talk about, it's funny, because I also bring Victor into this one, because we, we had a conversation about this, uh, a while back, was just kind of laughing about this, but, um, I've become kind of, you know, one of those YouTube rabbit holes. Uh-huh. I'm kind of fascinated by quote unquote influencers okay um, which absolutely really so, so what are influencers and it's like so far the best description i can make is celebrities who no one knows who the fuck they are essentially uh, yeah. essentially like 
people who, if you random person on the street, would not know who any of these people Logan are. Logan Paul. Yeah, but well, yeah. I mean, those who make the news. Well, see, I, think, I only know that guy because of people doing stories about him right. saying he's a YouTube influencer. Yeah, yeah well, I've never been tempted to seek out his actual videos. Oh, yeah. I have no oh, idea. Me either. I've and never it's not even that. But the, so the one that kind of lured me in was I had heard the story about this influencer named Tana, and she tried to throw a Named what? A convention. TanaCon. TanaCon. Oh, I'm so glad we're going to talk about yeah. TanaCon, bro. So, any- are you guys so anyways, about? there's there's oh, a major so good, influencer slash content creator con in Anaheim every year called uh, VidCon. VidCon. Yeah. And, you know, VidCon's pretty well known. Most people know it. Well, she got kicked out of it barred from it so she decided i think what i mean just to just yeah, for the story here yeah. i think what what specifically happened is that she was basically asking for all this kind of special sure, security sure. Entourage sure all and everything like that and they were like no we're not going to give you all this special stuff and then she basically came out and said oh well they're treating me terribly went out to all her fans and said they're treating me terribly so yeah so anyway. yeah no i mean i think it i mean it's it's an important background detail i probably sure. shouldn't have left out but it's also at the same time it doesn't really right. Right, right, the reason, because right. the second you watch her, you can tell how ludicrously self-absorbed yes. she is, as is to be expected. But anyways, there's this other one, uh, very famous also in her, like, kind of the same group, Shane Dawson. And he ended up being invited. He doesn't do cons. And he basically, so this this con happened the same weekend as VidCon as her, like, challenge to well, them. yeah, because she basically said, uh, you guys aren't going to treat me how I deserve to get treated, so I'm going to make my own yeah. con. And she did oh, it with, boy. like, what, like, a, a weeks? Few, a few weeks a ahead. A couple of weeks. And she employs this guy, uh, Michael something. He runs a company called Good Times. That should show you enough. It sounds <laughs> like a bar mitzvah catering company. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyways, he ends up, like, um, they do this con, and... They do it at the, I think it's like the Anaheim Marriott. And, like, so it's hard to, like, without, because I don't want to spoil it, because it is interesting. It's (laughs) just a three, it's a three party. Oh, no, I know. But for anybody listening, you know, it's like uh, about an hour and a half combined with all three parts on YouTube. The very end of it where he reveals everything, talks about in detail and numbers is interesting. But Tara, Tana and all the, the Michael, the promoter, all these people are saying there's like 20,000 people. 20,000 people. They had two ballrooms. Two Sorry, ballrooms. one ballroom and then one overflow ballroom. With uh, verified on the website saying it can fit a thousand people. Right. Easily four or five thousand people do show up. They say, we're going to have free tickets. We're going to have VIP with these deluxe swag bags. We're going to have this insane party. You're going to meet all your content creators. You're going to make all you know all these connections it's gonna be a huge event and she got people who normally who are friends of hers who normally don't do conventions to come from the very beginning you just watch it i mean like i said the capsule uh, like the very I mean, it's fire festival sh- short sub yeah, yeah it's basically they leave everybody outside in a hundred degree plus weather everyone gets sunburned people start passing passing out, out. they have no food no water um they have no security 
Bases at a hotel, though, yeah, right? No lines. Yeah. No, but well, they're, they're in the parking lot, lot trying to get in because oh. of fire code. They can't get in. And then there's people that are just trying to check into the hotel. And because there's no events happening, you have all of these people that paid money, paid like $80 for a pass, and they're going to TanaCon. There's nothing to do there. So they just start wandering around uh, to all the different rooms. So the problem is they did get a turnout, but they were cheap and... Well, they, 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 first of all, they got to turn out, they, they oversold the thing, yeah. and they had like no events at all. And they said, well, this is an alternative to VidCon. It's going to be so much better at VidCon because you're actually going to have access. You know, because VidCon's so huge, you're not going to be able to meet your, uh, you know, your creators. And so the content creators here at TanaCon will be like accessible. It's we'll just going to be like a, like VidCon's more like a panel and workshop yeah, right, kind right. of event. Whereas this is like, sold like, itself, like you're hanging, hanging out. Yeah, right, you're going to hang out. It's yeah, going to be exactly. a big party. And if you pay for the VIP, right. you're going to get all access. And, I mean, just completely oversells it in every sense of the word. And, I mean, it, it was not cheap. What was the other one, you know, the famous one with the ball pit? Could you remember which one to talk no, about? I know what you guys, yeah, 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 that, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. The whole point of this is, is you don't have to know anything about the influences. You don't have to have any interest. I surely didn't. <laughs> what is interesting about the story, especially if you have any interest in putting on a large-scale event of any kind, here's what you don't do. I mean, that, that's the best <laughs> right. part of it. And it goes into full conspiracy mode. Like, did they do this to, to fail just to generate buzz? Like, It's interesting. Yeah, so it, it becomes an extremely well done. Um, you know, for uh, this guy so completely... Oh, so this, this, this is just like a story you heard about and you're just telling us about it. No, no, no this is like a, a full-scale documentary. Uh, the guy edited this in like a week. Can you tell me, um, yeah. like, what's, what would you look under for that? Because I actually oh, uh, read stories the guy, about it. The guy is, it's just Shane Dawson, I think is the guy. Shane Dawson? Shane, okay. uh, sorry, if I'm mispronouncing here. Yeah, no, I don't I'm give a shit. I, I actually want to watch this because I've only read stories about it. Um, Kotaku did or Polygon actually did a very long write up on it, um, and so the stuff I yeah know it is, is Shane Dawson yeah so just look up his YouTube yeah um, and then just say Tana T A N A yeah yeah and it will go into and in she the, named this after herself of course yeah, she did yeah yeah of course and and trust me when you see her it, it, Victor and I have talked like you said about the influencers cosplayers a lot of the stuff these these kind mm-hmm. of this industry that has been built over the last like decade it's very interesting well what's so fascinating is how much like even like we don't get it like we really don't like much less like the regular people out there i mean we're even people that are kind of like in the know in terms of internet stuff even we are kind of like who are these people until we we dig into it but i mean these people are so insanely popular. I mean, if you take people like Logan and Jake Paul, I'm mean, the following that these people have. I mean, it, it really hit me because, like, I was in Walmart and I saw like you know Logan Paul posters for sale in Walmart of all places. Um, but it's really interesting because, like, you know, you had at E3 they had this thing where you had basically streamers. And I was actually just going to bring that yeah, up. Right. I go, I don't. I mean, and then you got streamers, no. esports, booth babes. I mean, you've got like well, streamers and celebrities other, had yeah. this this game thing, and like m- like most of the people there couldn't give a shit about the celebrities. They were there for the streamers. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that that's the thing right now. It's like you know, this is one of the things I think a lot of people listening might not get unless you're of a certain age. But like, uh, you know, people don't watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know. Like, it's like, you know, my friend's kids and stuff, like, they put them on the, you know, from the TV and they watch, like, unboxing videos right. all day long, 
you know, or like, oh, here's this guy. And then you watch like a, just their videos on loop reviewing toys or yeah. Lego box sets. And or shit. here's That's, my comedy channel. And it's like, well, no, I, so I mean, funny, it's more like, like, you know, it, no, I know that it's, too, it's, but it's I mean, part of that whole echo chamber thing. Like you only watch the shit you're interested in. Yeah. But I mean, like I've gone to like target, like, you know, cause sometimes I'll go to target and like, I'll use brick seek when I'm trying to find something. Right. So I'll pull my phone out and scan the thing and I'm walking around. I go talk to somebody carrying the phone around. I went to the target and I would took and I had taken some pictures of something. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I picked some stuff up for myself. This was not recent. This was a few months back. I took some pictures of the stuff while I was there because I was going to list it on eBay later. Um, and then this lady follows me out and she asked me, oh, are you like a streamer because my kids like buy right. toys? So they asked me if I, I was like, literally, I was like, what? Yeah. Because I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing because the kids but are like, all into you it. Know, the that was your opening, man. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But it's like the grandparents, because <laughs> this is the thing that gets right. my kids to shut up. Or, yeah. you know, that's funny. Well, yeah, and that's the story though of everything. I mean, it's it's hilarious watching. And they're not what are you like infants? You're not even toddlers yet. I like already know how to operate the phone because right. it's like, and I'm I'm talking advanced operation, yeah. and it's like this is insane. I mean, that will be the next level. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. This isn't some old man get off my lawn rant. Uh, but I do like it's a that, little bit that for me. Yeah, a little bit. But Just I mean, I also bit. accept change and and progression as things are going to. You know, and but one of the big things for me is is that I really think YouTube should just change their tag to. Uh, you only watch the shit you like. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Right. Like because it is a huge amount of. But that's the whole right. thing too. Is is that it's the connectivity. It's that. If you're into this thing, that's how I think some of these people build up their names is, right. is that, you know, here you like this. I, like, that's one thing I have noticed even on like, um, I really am not on any kind of social media except Instagram, yeah. which I really only use to buy stuff, find out stuff for sale. Um, and it is, um, but it's its own economy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge not, economy. Yeah. I mean, on one level, I'm like, we can say no, we're totally like, what? But on the other level, I mean, you know, we give away shit all the time because we have like a certain following here, and it, it's weirder for us because it's like we're it's just doing something we like, and I don't think we're trying to be like characters or anything. Sure, yeah, sure. you know. But there are people. Well, speak for yourself. Well, no, they are. <laughs> but like I mean, this. what I mean by no, that. No, but what I mean is, there's people like they're like I am committing to being an influencer. Right, this is what I'm right. going to be. Yeah, you know, I'm going to do meetups. I'm going to do all this shit, and I'm like. You you know you're committing to having this public persona, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But but one thing I was trying to say here about the whole Instagram thing, and it goes lends to everything is is that if you want success, you do have to be only focused on one thing, because if you try to diversify it too much, and if it gets either like too much, it's all personal, and then you put in any other kind of content, right. or it's all like products, and then you like put a family picture up or something like yeah. like you cannot deviate like if it is sci-fi it has to be all sci-fi if it's all video games if it's all horror if it's all cult if it's dedicated to a personality or uh like a director or whatever it is like toys it has to be like i only do chibi toys or i only do disney toys and then that's where you get the following is literally all i unbox is uh Blind box mystery minis. Mm -hmm. You'll have a channel with like a million people soon. Right, if if right. your videos are well edited, everybody can see everything clearly. You provide like some kind of commentary. Some do. Some just have. It's silent or has like a stock music. And right, it's just right. 
wow, look at this. Uh, one thing I do want to, uh, one thing I do want to shout out just because you're talking about YouTube stuff. Um, because I think you really, really like this and you may have already watched it, um, Kirby, but the, um, James Rolfe interview with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, yes. Amazing. Isn't it so freaking it's good? It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so definitely watch this, uh, Victor, if you haven't, cause I don't know. I, I know that, that, that Kirby follows James Rolfe, but, um, it's yeah. Cinemassacre. I, it's just, I, a, it's just a great free form, very like mm-hmm. casual. And that's what makes it way funnier. But you look that. like you have reservations. What do you I, reservations? You know, it's just one of those things, like, I mean, I don't know, like, I, I think I've told, I'm not a huge, um, angry video game nerd guy. Well, but there's, first of all, it's James Rolfe, not angry video game yeah. nerd. Yeah. So, like, he has his character of the nerd, and then he has just him as a dude. And very much, like, as an interviewer, he's not exactly luminous or anything. Oh, no, no, but not Joe at all. Joe Bob Briggs does 90% of the talking in that yeah. interview, but he himself is just such an insightful person. Oh, and truly. What I was really, really astounded by with that was how, like, completely in it Joe Bob Briggs still is. Like, he doesn't at all read as somebody who's kind of out of touch. He is clearly kept up on where horror has gone. Oh, yeah. And where, you know, kind of like the smaller movies, the indie movies. Um, and I just, you know, I love his insights, like how he talked about how, you know, things are so much easier to make now that we should be, we have so much content that's yeah. just not there. Um, and then I just, I loved, like, when uh, James Rolfe asked him, uh, as far as the universal monsters, he talked about like the dark universe and how that failed. And he was like, you know, what would you do to reboot the universal monsters? And he said, you know, with, I would do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and I'd have a woman make the film. And I was like, that is such a cool insight mm-hmm. that I didn't even think about. Cause you know, we haven't had that, right? We haven't had a woman do Frankenstein. It's written by a woman. Yeah. I think that would be really they just, interesting. Uh, a couple uh, months or a week, uh, a couple weeks ago, I think. This was weird now. A lot of A24 and Bloomhouse movies are also going straight to streaming. Uh-huh. And yeah. there's one on Voodoo. It's called Mary Shelley, and it has Elle Fanning playing Mary Shelley. Cool. It's an A24 movie. Awesome. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I just haven't gone around to renting it, but it looks pretty good. That's, I saw I saw Kirby's ears perk up a little bit when he heard yeah. an A24. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything A24, I'm going to be. But it's... um. Um, but oh, but uh, just yeah. really quick on the Joe Bob Briggs thing, I do want to say like that. Um, so I'm actually going to sign up for Shutter immediately because on Friday the 13th he's doing a 24 hour uh, marathon. That's yeah, I've heard about that. Just like the old, you know, at the yeah. at the drive-in. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of good Bennett. Like I have Shutter. I mean, I was watching Shutter. Is, like that's what I was watching. Single White Female. Before. Nice. Yeah, they have a, a pretty diverse selection of horror on there. If I think if you're really into like. A curated streaming service. Yeah. You can't really go wrong with Shutter, and I think you get like a like a seven like a seven day like grace period. Ah, uh, so yeah, like yeah. a free trial. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good service to yeah. check out. And sometimes like um, they sponsor Beyond Fest, so sometimes if you go to Beyond Fest, like oh, I'm a member of Shutter, you get like free popcorn. Nice. Just while you're there, I'm like that's pretty dope. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I like you know because sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Like I think uh, I do come off as a contrarian sometimes to popular taste. Um, I mean, I remember Joe Bob Briggs from like Monster Vision on yeah, TNT, sure. yeah, for sure. And I like you know it, it, it was a cool thing. Like it, it I feel like Monster Vision was kind of like a precursor to stuff like Cinemasker. Like, well, it is, and he yeah. was, and, and James Rolfe would be the first to. Yeah, it. and it's like, hey, this is me giving my two cents on you know, and then it had a little like. 
you know, like eight boobs, 15 exploding sure, heads, sure. you know, but I feel like I watched Monster Vision at a point where I kind of like, was like, what's the deal with this? It's kind of like a Sven Gulli, like a redneck kind of like right. Elvira thing. So like, I wasn't ever a really big Joe Bob Briggs guy. Yeah, I'm, I I'm being honest in admitting that. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I definitely was, but it was because he introduced me to a lot of things yeah. that I probably wouldn't have been otherwise. But I do think it's interesting because in this interview, he talks about how he wanted to show many other things. Yeah. But TNT wouldn't allow him to show anything that was black and white. They yeah. wouldn't allow him to show anything that was pre, I think, 19, like, 70. Yeah, there was yeah. a bunch something. of rules. He, I think he also yeah. even said, or he said in another interview about his desire to show international films right. and they told him no yeah. and, and he wanted to show hammer films and he yeah, couldn't hammer show was hammer a big one, even though it was in color yeah. it was right. beyond the point and that that's like one of the things i thought was really interesting this is how i'm going to tie it back mm-hmm. around even though i wasn't really big into monster vision tcm underground yeah. was a direct like if monster vision had never happened tcm underground never would have happened right and i was really into tcm underground especially when it first like debuted and they had like Rob Zombie curating it. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie before he was directing movies, and he, you know, say what you will about Rob Zombie. I mean, he, some of his movies are all right. Some of them are really bad. Thirty One is shit. Lords right. of Salem is decent in a way. But I think as but, a, but, as a curator, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what he did is he like you know you would see like you know a lot of these movies before there was streaming service like curate like oh you're gonna see the original night of living dead paired with this or right. you know texas chainsaw massacre paired with like um bastard pussycat kill kill and these were and they he dug deep into the tcm library to find stuff like oh we didn't even know we own that That's awesome and yeah. he would do like intros for it and the website was cool it had like little custom cut trailers like you know stuff like whoa this is actually really cool and i'm pretty sure you know in case you don't know like you know tcm and like you know is one of the things that was also tcm underground is also one of the things that's responsible for like amc getting into right right like horror and that's why we have shutter so there you can draw the direct line from monster vision to shutter i think a big part too uh on my end of wrapping it up is just that I think that there's uh, like it's I don't think it's a contrarian thing. I think it's just experience. Like I don't think there are people who will ever understand like horror hosts and stuff and the whole like um you know uh, character driven um even though it still exists and stuff like if you didn't grow yeah. up with Elvira Vampira Svengoli depending on whatever age you were Zachary you know it depends yeah, on what, sure. what coast you grew up on what time you grew up on uh, and it's it's always going to be different, but I think yeah. that those things still exist. Well, like, it's it's the idea of curation, yeah. you know, especially nowadays when everything it's it's weird because it works on two levels. It works on a level when you don't where nothing is accessible, like yep. the video store clerk. Tell me something good because exactly. there's no internet to tell me what's good. And now when everything right. is accessible, you need a curator. Tell me what's good. Well, Joe Bob talks about that in his interview. He yeah. says, now we have menus. And he's like, menus are the worst possible delivery device because yeah. you have this thing and it's just a bunch of titles and you don't know what's good and you don't know what's bad. Yeah. Um, and so curation is important. For me, more than anything, it was a matter of access. It wasn't even necessarily the curation. But I remember this time, and you guys absolutely remember this time. We're all around the same age when it's like when we were growing up as fans of horror and of genre, 
there was nothing out there. You turn on TV, nothing is on TV. Mm-hmm. We weren't watching the movies we wanted. Sure, if we went to the video store and we could get enough money to rent the movies we wanted, we could get it there, yeah. which is why we have so much love for the video store. Um, but the truth is, when we grew up, I mean, even with like cable, which wasn't that, that much, and even if you were lucky enough to have cable in the 1980s, um, you know, it's like you didn't have that much. And so that's why having something like Monster Vision was so important to yeah. me personally, because it's like, oh my God, finally, it's kind of like, you know, when AMC would do their movie things or their horror movies in October, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, finally, it's the things I want to watch. I mean, one of the things that I remember so clearly, I don't know why this is crystallized in my mind, but I remember being so excited to go see Demolition Man in the theaters yeah. because there was no sci-fi movies. And it was like, holy shit, we finally have like a genre film coming out. I'm so excited. Oh my God. You know, and I just like got so excited for freaking Demolition Man. Um, and that's one thing I think that, you know, kind of what he means for a lot of people, Joe Bob Briggs. And again, it's what Elvira meant, what yeah. Spanguli meant. Yeah, well, that's well, why I'm kind of going with finishing up what mm-hmm. I was saying was kind of like the whole idea is, is that I think now some of these people, because I'm not going to say all of them, especially this whole like TanaCon thing, but I think the right. people who are genre fans or whatever, um, you know, special interest you have or, um, you know, group or genre and stuff is, is that the, the people now exist because it's beyond just curation. It's that people, of course, art. I do like the idea of the term content creator as the idea because YouTube is flooded with people are like, I have a million hits or three million hits. And it's like, yeah, you do on some of else's copyrighted material. Right. But if you make your own thing or even integrate you know, something like a commentary on some, mm. at least you're trying to make something your own. So it's like, whether I like it or not is not what's important. It's that the issue now is, is that as we've kind of all echoed is, is that when there was nothing available, you, you would, you would well, take anything. It, it, and now it's like that there's so much you're like, I, I think it's that it does make people it's analysis paralysis. Yeah. Well, no, it, this is kind of like I was getting at before. It's like there's people who are more willing to give something a chance because it's like it's associated with a person or a brand or a thing that they are like familiar with. Like it's like the stamp of approval in a way. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, all these films that Joe Bob Briggs is, is going to show on Shutter are on Shutter right now. Right. You know, and, but I know lots of people who have come up and say, oh, I'm going to stay up and watch this, uh, marathon. I'm do it for the, for yeah. the nostalgia. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. But it's the whole thing because, yeah, there's a the nostalgia factor, but there's also the factor. It's like, oh, this is being curated live. It's an event. It's a happening. You know, I mean, we talked about this a bit with like what I do at the Alamo Draft House. You know, like the, the things I host there previously were unhosted right you know and like i see you know the you know i see the numbers it's like it's like a flat line and then i started doing it it's like it jumps up like 400 percent and it's like because i'm telling you it's something you should check out right you know and it's like once you get somebody to stamp it or make something a happening then it's like oh cool that's something really interesting now it's not just something that's happening in a void yeah yeah i mean at its base that's what we're doing right now you know like you know that's that's right i mean we you know we are curating yeah um and yeah ultimately 
I do think that, you know, it certainly doesn't all stem for Joe Bob Briggs, but I, de- I just wanted to bring that because no. I think just no, as, a as a, as up. an interview, it was just so yeah. good and so insightful. Um, you know, and just, you learned about things yeah. like they did studies about like what made people flip channels. And if they saw film stock from before a certain yeah. a year, they would be more likely to flip channels. And so that's why they wouldn't allow them to show movies that were, you yeah. Know, well, earlier. it's, it's like funny. Like when I was designing record packaging for, um, one-way static like i did i did a design the vinyl packaging for when they put up the soundtrack for last house on the left and one of the things like i did a really nice one to kick it off like oh yeah that looks cool but it's in black and white and people won't buy it right and i'm like seriously yep i mean you know i didn't agree with that but like it you know i don't feel i you know on one level i'm like not every decision should be data driven but on the other hand it's like okay it's your money you kind of have to yeah. You know, do what you think is the best, but the, yeah, like go on Netflix. Do they change the or Voodoo? They change the thumbnails for these movies all the time. It's the mm-hmm. same thing as a video store. Like, what's the most like? What's the image that's going to get me to click on that shit? Yeah, definitely you know? original clickbait, right? <laughs> Literally, like, yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's it's a good one though. Yeah. I would say that it it's probably one of the better ones. He also had an episode uh, years ago with. Um, Making Lloyd Cobb yeah. and Troma play all so the Toxic Crusaders video games. That's absolutely hilarious. So yep. that's another great. If you're interested in more on the cinematic side, those are two really good <laughs> ones I can say. And as he doesn't do it anymore, he ended it. But I truly think Monster Madness that he did for 10 years of um, whole history of foreign exploitation films is probably one of the most well done. For those yeah. who don't know, James Rolfe is a video editor by trade and he is extreme and a filmmaker. I mean, that's what yeah. he wanted to do. The whole AVGN thing was that he was a video game fan. It was just in the early days, and it kind of just took off. Honestly, he, AVGN's like my least favorite of all of his content. Sure. You know, I mean, well, just because he does so many. Other it it has you know, you know, colored you know anything else he does in sure. my mind. Like, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, do and it. I can understand that. And there's yeah. people, but that's and and the whole thing though is that everyone is you know most of these people are in the business of nostalgia. And that's what, it, but I think, you know, you kind of try to put a fresh coat of paint on it too. I think he does a very good job. I'm not here to say I like everything he does or anything like that, but that's also a big part of it is that some of the people who've been around 10, 12, 15 years or whatever, well, what are we at? 13 years on YouTube. Right. I mean, those that I'm still watching have from much from the beginning. Well, and I like I, that it's like, there. I mean, well, sure, the nerd himself is like a screamy kind of a thing, like as part of his thing. But what I like about the people that are kind of older school is that they're not about like what the younger people are, which is like, hey, everybody, you know, and it's like, oh, God, nobody wants somebody screaming at them all day long on this yeah. thing. But apparently yeah. that's what the 12 year olds do want. Well, it's um, all the quick cuts. The right. Cuts yeah, exactly. Has got to be, Smash like, that subscribe button. One of the most button. interesting things I just want to say as a whole about YouTube and videos and stuff, just a funny quick commentary, is I find it hilarious, just like I was saying, or we had this discussion about having singular content, is what I also find super funny is people, there's like two distinct, you want to talk about spectrum, is, is that people who want like really short videos, and people who want these like epic, right. like they have to be like a two hour video. And then the people who are like, I want it to be two minutes. It's yeah, like, it's true. Jesus, talk about not being yeah. able to please anyone. Yeah, well, you can't because there's always going to be people out there going to scream and whine about whatever. So, yeah, I think that's why. I just why, always laugh. Yeah. They're like, we deserve it. It's like, it's free. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Ugh, come on, man. The, the entitlement. Yeah. Um, so, 
did you end up getting one of those hats, Kirby? I did not. I actually <laughs> asked Victor, and uh, I don't know, he killed somebody for his, so I wasn't... He said he didn't want to kill again for me. Yeah, so it, basically I have one of the first Purge promo hats. It and, then looks he, like. and then he it's went It's a familiar-looking red baseball cap and looks, with he, white and lettering. And he asked for uh, anybody who wanted their hereditary promos. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you're going to give it to me <laughs> now. Yeah, so we saw... Um, the first purge this week, which opened in theaters yesterday, do a little quick capsule review of that. I think one of the things I really like. Did you already post the review? No, no, I'll okay. post it tonight. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of the things I do like about the purge movies is that each movie is essentially a different genre, right? And I, you know, I, I give a, a lot of props to James and Monaco for that because the first purge is like the, this very much like elites turning on elites in a world where like minorities are almost non-existent so you're talking about the movie the first purge part one okay <laughs> and then the second one the purge anarchy is this like we, it's basically like this drama it's a siege movie yeah it's a yeah, drama it's slash cool. siege movie yeah, it's a like lot a, of it is yeah, like frank like a, grillo sold on precinct 13 yeah totally yeah like, yeah, yeah. Escape from New yeah York. it's a siege movie but yeah. it's also like it has a oh, subplot with frank Frank Grillo, like, wanting to kill the physician who was responsible for the death of his kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then part three is essentially, like... Combining uh, the first two, in a way. Well, that's yeah. That's what I it, felt about yeah, it. It's, that's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, the, the purge... An- yeah, the purge election year is... is um, it's a different kind of animal, but yeah, it's, it's it has the election back. It's the one I would say is the most horror movie out of all of them. Agreed. Yeah, like if you say which one of the Purge movies is a horror movie, it's Election Year. Um, and the, the fourth installment, the first Purge, is it looks back at the beginning of the mm-hmm. Purge. You know, the how, prequel. Movie, yeah, basically. and it's a very topical movie that mm-hmm. is one part like black mirror science fiction and science fiction is a good way to put this movie interesting meets black exploitation huh because uh marissa tomey and uh i think essentially the president you see in stock footage who's not trump um and uh the guy who's marissa uh, tomey's boss yeah the first are the only white guys in this movie wow so it's and it's like whoa okay they, they really ran with this and it's like and they they went very topical with it in a way that like I said this is like a Black Mirror sci-fi action movie because mm-hmm. at the beginning you see all the events that led to you know the oh, so so for those of you who haven't seen any of the Purge movies it's all about how this group called the New Founding Fathers of America came to rise and sort of take over the government right at first if you watch the first three movies like. My take on it was always that they somehow overthrew the government, at least in the first couple. Wouldn't you have thought that, Kirby? Yeah, it was very vague. It's super vague. Like all the only real background you get is in the you know when the purge starts, you get this like basically like this p like PSA thing that gives you like you know the purge has started. Oh, the emergency broadcast. Yeah, the emergency broadcast, and it tells you like some things like you know like uh you know only level four weapons are allowed and certain government officials above a certain rank can't be killed. So this is the... the so when the movie starts here, and I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but I'm going to well, talk about... i the trailers. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like people are just partying, right? No. no. So the, when the way the movie starts, it uses a lot of news footage. Okay. 
And without saying it, and they dance around this line a lot, and there's a part of me that's like, okay, if you're trying not to offend people, you did a good job. Like, cause, but on the other hand, I, I almost really wish they just kind of gone, you know, gone and say, fuck it, I'm going to say what I'm saying. The, the insinuation very heavily insinuated. It's like, I'm telling you without telling you is that the alt-right became the new founding fathers. Interesting. It's, it's not even hidden. Are there any tiki torches? Um, I think there are. They use news, remember. no, they use news footage of that. They just okay. blur out a lot yeah, of things. Well, yeah, because they use real news footage. Real jumbled. They put it, it's very, very, um, of the day. Like, yeah. Everything. I mean, it, it's not even like, I, that's the thing. I mean, I would say, being totally honest and fair, I mean, they pretty much a hundred percent went down that line. Yeah, I would say it's really hard to argue that they didn't. It's, so I, there's no way you can argue that the alt right don't become the new founding fathers. Well, yeah, well, it's it's it, also, you, you, yeah. Well, well, it's funny because you can't really define what the alt right is. Yeah, or well, what it is it is whatever the, the types of people well, you would yeah. see marching at Charlottesville sure. are the people who yeah become that I'd the agree with. It becomes fathers. like a thing where yeah, it, it's very um. It's, um, you know, they do it that way and stuff, but it is like, yeah, there's said, like actual like a, news footage and then there's fake news, news footage, footage where it basically says yeah. people are becoming frustrated with the political landscape and these disaffected people are, are becoming a new political party called the new founding fathers of America. When it becomes like the generic um, thing, like every apocalyptic movie where yeah. it's like, you know, resources are dwindling. Uh, uh, um, unemployment is at an all-time high, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like the and beginning of in. Escape from L.A., kind of. Sure. Yeah. But that's what I like the most, actually, was like you were saying, was it becomes the um, third party. Like, people are tired of only a two-party system. Yeah. So the new founding... Yeah, and it, it plays on the fact that, like, oh, the Republicans aren't the Republicans anymore, and Democrats mm-hmm. are frustrated. Yeah, so this, like, gets all the, like, Trumpian kind of people, and right. they vote this party into power, and then the government is in such a bad place because they've inherited such a terrible situation from the last administration. Again, it doesn't tell you it's Trump, right. but it's heavily insinuated that Trump fucked wow. up the economy. Well, yeah, Again, like the, the hats that I referenced. Like, yeah. like, all yeah. you need to do is look at the uh, well, the yeah. teaser poster yeah. for this film to know exactly so, which subtext they're so, so the, like, the setting is... I just want to quick say, too, the other part that's heavily outright talked about but is that there's a huge overpopulation issue yeah um, in that's going on or in the country. basically the new founding fathers are trying to tell you there's an over well no, no no but i mean that uh, that's another thing that, it's funny i had to kind of think back to the first three films where i was trying to remember if they dropped hints more on that or no something in, that in the last in. one election year they have this one guy's like all want to have, not all can have. Basically, it seems like well, it's yeah, a yeah. class structure thing. So they're like trying, the, the upper class are trying to kind of cement their thing. So they do this, they basically, like I was, I was saying, I told, Ugh! when the review happened, you know, right after the screening, they ask you your thoughts. And I was like, basically, the NFFA goes shopping for a study that can prove that prove a scenario where they can kind of cull the population a bit. Mm-hmm. So they find Marissa Tomei's character who says, you know, there's this idea that if we let crime be oh, not like not illegal for 24 hours, 
people will be able to get out their emotions and people will be better off. But it's not like a murder thing. It's more like people just want like a Burning Man experience, essentially, right? So they find, so they decide to make Staten Island like this testing ground where if you stay during the purge, they will, it's not called the purge yet. It Uh was called the Staten Island experiment. Okay. If you stay during the Staten Island experiment, you will get $5,000. They give you a pair of these tracking contacts, which is a great, a great little thing that we'll talk about. Was there like POV footage and stuff? Uh, Not really, but it's, no, not really. Um, and if you participate, but they never tell you specifically, there's an opportunity for more, uh, for a bigger financial windfall. And the movie starts with them literally finding a meth head who's like totally crazy. And he's telling them why he wants to be out on the streets. It's like, I have to purge my emotions. And the guy testing is like, purge. That's a really interesting <laughs> thing, right? It does. It really, the part I will say, one of the best parts of this movie is the whole, um, uh, what do you call it? Focus group kind of yeah. versions are really funny because, okay, they'll pick sometimes people like you see kind of like the, the kind of criminal element you would think yeah. is like the traditional, oh, this is the kind of people you'd expect who'd go out and do it. And then you get a few people who are like, you know, we, we just want to kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's pe- not what I yeah. It's like people say. have been bullying us <laughs> yeah. and we want to make them pay. And yeah. Yeah. So then what ends up happening, essentially, is there's a character... I, I don't remember what her name is, do you? Uh, it's basically... Um, yeah, I, I don't remember the character's name, but she full-on is uh, Janet Jackson, Poag Justice. Yeah, yes, and exactly. And basically you get uh, uh, Fiddy as the uh, the other the other um, protagonist, the hero character. Yeah, there. and who's, who's essentially like a shaft, like oh, Dolomite, yeah. like Total every badass. black exploitation hero rolled into one is this guy this drug dealer right and he's got like this little empire and then like his guys are like yeah i can't wait for this experiment we're gonna go out and fuck shit up and he's like we have to live and like he's like we have to live here once this is over you guys are all gonna stay locked down because afterwards i don't want to fuck up our economy you know so then the experiment starts happening and then this is you know you know the crazy guy he goes out and kills someone who's trying to rob an atm mm-hmm. and then you realize people are just kind of having a burning man experience they're having big parties there's a few people who kind of like set up like little bombs and shit like that well, what it, a big part of it is what they realize is that what most people are doing is uh looting yeah they're, they're looting. literally stealing for yeah it, and, and this like is that. smart That's because it. it's essentially what happened during the la riot sure you know and then the nffa people are like Duh, you told us people would be like killing each other and like and she Marissa told me is like you can't tell people to kill people essentially and this is where we get like the gist where like it sort of this is where it becomes escape from New York because the island is sealed off and you realize the NFFA like brought in tons of alt-right stormtroopers essentially uh-huh. well no what it is is it, this is like the big um, reveal in the yeah. movie is that it was because in case it was like their contingency plan that they brought mercenaries yeah. dressed as various things. You don't know who really is what. You definitely know that. Yeah, one some of, the of groups, them are yeah. mercenaries. Yeah, some of them are like you know straight up like clansmen. Right. Like yeah, you, this. There's a there's a big scene in here that involves a church shooting, 
And it's all the dudes with the fucking, you know, two percenter shields and yeah, shit. Yeah. So it's like every fringe group you can think sure. of is represented here. So right, it's right. like, yeah. And I mean, that's really, I mean, the whole crux of the movie is basically that whole like unfolding. And then you have like the big, um, siege kind of yeah, finale. Like, yeah, because without yeah, giving it anything. Yeah. Away, we're yeah. just telling it basically, it's like a, it's like the Warriors meets Escape from New York meets like Assault from Pre- There's a part where there's even like, you know, like a raid kind of thing, but like there's like John Carpenter esque music. And nice. it's like, and this, this is when it's a straight up a black exploitation movie. And I'm like, you know what? I'm totally fine with that. I like, you know, they didn't hire known people. Marissa Tomei is the only like people, person mm-hmm. you really recognize. Everybody else, like, who? Who? You know? So- oh, the one other person I recognize, like the main dude, the, the hero's sidekick is uh the guy from Westworld who's Dolores's tech slave. It's like fix mm-hmm. them, make them, you know, that sure. guy. Yeah. So that yeah, everybody I don't any of the purge movies though. They've always had like an Ethan Hawk. You always have like one person. Yeah, like Frank Grillo and in the last it. couple and, and Elizabeth Mitchell in the last one. But yeah, this one didn't even have like like uh you know stock actors you recognize. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm good with that, you know, but yeah, it's a really good movie. It, awesome. It's yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It gives you a reasons for a lot of the backstory, like why people wear masks and shit, you know, and it tries to be topical. Uh and then it's weird because like the movie ends and then there's like this mid credit scene, and this is what I think is gonna start becoming the norm now, that the next purge movie is gonna be like a ten episode mini series on USA. Huh. Which so- they had announced but or before this but they actually put the advertisement in the middle of the wow. yeah. As like instead of a yeah, stinger, it's essentially a mini trailer. I mean, it's does like, it say on USA? Yeah, like, it goes. Yeah. yeah, there's a and then uh-huh. stops and it's, the yeah, yeah, it's just like ten years after the first purge, and then it's like you know it's the purge, a ten episode limited event on USA. What? That is the, the weirdest fall. thing. Yeah. Like, it literally an advertisement in the oh, middle. Yeah, of, it's a like, commercial. It? it tells like, you where to watch trailer. it. Wow. That it's a 10, ep- it's like, this won't be a continuing series. It's just a 10 episode, like, purge. That's bizarre, man. But it's yeah. cool, though, because I, that's one of the things, they do it in this one, too, where, like, halfway through, there's this, like, little montage where you're seeing, like, snippets of the world. Like, somebody mm-hmm. in a really weird outfit, or, like, you saw it in an election year where there were the guys in, George Washington mask with elaborate guillotines, like killing people in alleys, yeah. and you're just like driving by. Like, you know, they they've built a world and not really explored it, right. so it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I like I I will say Anarchy's probably still my favorite, and I think that's because. It was such a dramatic yeah. shift from the first one, which was not a very good. Movie. No, oh yeah, and I couldn't. The I was, first I one is so the much. worst one. Yeah, and then yeah. election year, I feel like they did a really good balance between elements of the first two films. And having a good, like, political social commentary without being, um, which is really one of the funny parts. What I always liked about Election Year is the part where, you know, the, the, the main crux is the store owner. Yeah. And him trying to protect this, which is really funny in this one. They have, um, a gigantic sign, like, black owned business. Yeah, they do. That, that's not going to stop anything. Um, cause it didn't stop in any other riots. I just always find stuff no, like that. Like, I, super one funny of the things I really liked about this one, and it's something that I did have a problem with, I think it was in election year, was like, yeah, there's no white savior. I mean, you could argue that Frank Grillo is a white savior character for all the minorities in the purge election yeah. year. This one, they don't. It's just like straight, like, you know. Well, yeah, well, they have, they have their own, the, the thing is, is there's all these people who are fighting the purge in the, the, 
first two or the second and third movie because the first one's very uh standalone. Yeah. Um, my my big issue, and like I said, I'll be totally upfront about this, is that I just feel like this movie was really cheesy in the respect of like, I mean, it's basically like a fantasy. It's well, like, no, they, it is. I so, said it's a science fiction no, no, movie, but I don't, and I don't mind that. I don't yeah. mind dystopian things or or alternate futures or possibilities. But the way this movie plays out is like borderline. The, the whole sequence... Well, that's this, I think that's why they need an actual series to do yeah. this in. Well, no, I'm just, uh, like, because something. Thought, oh, it's sorry. That, no, 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 it's just that it's very, like... First and foremost, the one that I, I'm... I, first and foremost, just have to say this, because this is just absolutely one of the most ludicrous things, was them going, well, you know, it's the, the, the uh, Founding Fathers is backed by the NRA, and I'm just going, come on, man, give it up. Like, <laughs> it, it's like... You know, it's just, it, it's one of those things. I'm like, if you believe in the First Amendment, as, you know, however you want to do you really, it. But the NRA, or the Second something Amendment supported thing. by the NRA is a storytelling shorthand. It tells you that in the current political climate, that it means money to most people. Oh, the NRA has all the money and all the gun nuts. Well, no, no, no. My I whole, mean. Well, no, no, I'm just, I'm yeah. seeing as a whole is, is that just in society in general, I'm not here to defend the NRA or something. I just find it very comical how that's become these kinds of things where people have this very narrow vision. It's like if somebody wants mm-hmm. to defend anything in the Bill of Rights, it's like I have no issue with that. It's our Bill of Rights. It doesn't matter if it's the ACLU or the NRA. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. It's just for my issue. This is not me. I'm not trying to soapbox no. it here. It's just one of those things where it's a very tightly like, here's our narrative. Here's how things would play out. And I'm like, First and foremost, the really thing that bothered me the most was it's like also Staten Island. We don't know what time in the future this is. No. We imagine it's not in the well, future because you really it's actually is- set in. If you look at the in the in the Purge Part One, the way that movie starts, it gives you a timeline when everything happens. Oh, I don't even remember. So, so this is actually know. happening in an alternate 2018. Yeah. So okay. but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's got the only thing really. Um, like high tech is the contacts Victor talked about. Well, it's the, the contacts and the drones. Yeah, so the they drones. have these drones, and yeah. the, I don't know if you caught this with the contacts. Basically, the thing with the focus group is the focus group people are the the, the contacts can track can track you. So that's the way all the drones can tell the militias and stuff where to find the most people who they like. Oh, these are innocents; they're not going to participate. And if you're one of those, your contacts are blue. If you're crazy and you they think you're gonna kill someone, your contacts light up purple. And yeah, then purple. yeah, and then if you're somebody who like they think might tip either way, or you're in a gang or something, you have red contacts. Yeah. What? So what ends up happening is like they glow. So a lot of times when people are running, you can see glowing eyes. So it does like this weird like oh shit, there's people. It looks like a prodigy video. Yeah, yeah, I was but it's, say. It, it's still good. Uh, but like my whole summation here is just in the end of it is just that, like I said, it's not. I have no either or. It's just one. Of those and they don't problems. explain that. You just yeah. pick it up as yeah, it goes along. Like oh, like all the people who like can't kill anybody, like they have like blue contact lenses. Yeah, yeah. but it's just a very like the the whole point of the whole thing with the purge or the experiment of it. Is, is that is the idea of like it's kind of almost it's funny like I almost make it analogous to like a Mister Rogers thing yeah is what would people do and it's like well we've seen what people would do in this these kind of environments mm-hmm. I think there are more people that are good on this earth 
that would do more of the better things. Yeah. But I, I think people are also like, like I say, it fits a very nice little oh, yeah. narrative well, where it's like, well, here's the, the clear again, cut enemy. Yeah. It, it's, it is an alternate. I, yeah. I, I'm not Yeah. There's like it. no white people on yeah, Staten which Island. Which is 75% white. Yeah. So, um, that's how you have to know. It's like, yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, but everything else is this 2018. Yeah. And it's very much like, there's very few people who are, I think that things would happen like they are in the movie. Like, I think people would have, like, the purge parties. Mm-hmm. I think people would I think there would have been, like, boat runners. Like, they talk yeah. about stuff like, like, people who, like, oh, like, I'm trying to escape, and then they try to get to a boat, and people would just gun them down. Or it would be, like, this smuggler's economy. Sure. Like, they talk about that in the last one, how murder tourism becomes a thing in their yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, I, I thought that was a good touch. And, something. and that's the thing. If they went more on those kind of yeah. ideas instead of just being, it's hack writing to me. It's lazy. Yeah. But just doing stuff like copying going, well, here's my fantasy of how I'd like it to play out. It, it, if it was on either like narrative, mm-hmm. I would dislike it. I would think it was yeah. incredibly cheap. But again, there's genre movies. But like, that's the thing. Yeah. But there are people who are going to herald this. It's kind of like the way um, that uh, Josh was talking about how people were like with uh, Salon would be like ha- like both people on this. I feel like this is a very like one sided, kind of cheesy, lazy written thing. I There's think things I, I like think you about, could but, get that out. Like if you're looking for a political slant, you're gonna find it. But also, uh, it's, it's it's completely clear. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not even like, yeah. Like, you, no, I said is, that's what I said at the beginning. But at the same time, that. the second half of the movie is just a black exploitation. And that's movie. where the film gets. Yeah, good. that's the best part of the whole movie. The end is incredible. Yeah. It is completely worth the price of it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say is, is, I mean, literally, when I say the end, I mean literally like the last 20 minutes. The yeah. And I mean, it's like, and amazing. I also like, you know, like every one of these movies has like this unnamed like protagonist, like, you know, like, oh, that's clearly like the iconic character in this one is basically like this like dude in a rubber Nazi outfit. And then later on he loses his mask and he's essentially like, uh, like Ronald Reagan Terminator, like down in Kinda the haircut. True, yeah. It's there, very some fucking stuff in weird. It that is, and this one they too is very funny. That's one of the only things they I think are trying to shoehorn in more is the uh, like I don't know if they're trying to get advance in for spirit, but the amount of mass they tried to like throw it was like Dude, a full on. Some reel. of the stuff in this one is super just dis- like you know the last one was South African like she like you know it was like Suicide Squad did the same thing. It's yeah, like uh, yeah, you know with a gold machine gun. This was like. Dude, like fucking, you know, Nazi Reagan Terminator with his like Sambo stormtroopers. I was like, this is fucking oh, like dark, the, um, dude. I that like, was dark as fuck. It's cheesy, but I really like the one in the gutter. I like that uh, oh. the baby thing. Oh yeah, the cheesy, weird baby dolls. It was. It was. Yeah. There was some. Well, that's another one too. Where oh, I was like, that's the obvious Trump reference. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, a huge one. But it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, that one was, and that's the thing. Uh, but I felt like they. Uh, they were, um, because it was like the first purge, and like Victor said, they tried to come up with the mask yeah. um, thing, like how people would start. Like, they really tried to, like, go in real fast with, like, here's a whole highlight reel of every future one you're going to see at, yeah. like, your ha- this Halloween 2018. Yeah. It's like, and some were cool. I've, I've liked all the purge masks, actually. Yeah. I thought they were. I, the the, cool the, the freakiest ones I thought were, like, the 
the police officers in full regalia with the grinning masks and sunglasses in the baseball stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was just fucking, ooh. Like, yeah, this costume design, this is really weird. Yeah, it's really well yeah. done. It's well shot, too. Yeah. It's a very, and good sound, good soundtrack. Yeah. And stuff, like I said, if they had just, um, I felt like done something way, made it even more truly insidious. It could have gone I think way it, more hardcore. And it would have been way better. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So we're checking out. Yeah. The one I wanted to get into, because I don't want to spoil it, because it's actually a really good movie, is, um, Ant Man and the Wasp. And, like, all I can say is two thumbs up. Okay. If you like stuff like The Incredibles, uh huh. You know, it's like a live action Incredibles. It's cool seeing a superhero movie where, like, it's not dark. It's kind of like, you know, when you read an old Spider Man comic and, like, oh man, you're just jumping into an adventure. Like, it has light characters. That was it, the best part. Of, one of the best lines in Deadpool, too, was, a, was this a DC movie? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. So perfect. Right. No, right. It, it's just like, it does, it, it gives you the breakdown, essentially, at the beginning of, like, oh, what's Ant, why wasn't Ant-Man in the Avengers? You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, other than that, there's not a lot of, um, there's not, like, a lot of crossover. I mean, you'll get, you'll get, like, a thing at the end that gives you some right elucidation um, so i guess like the last ant-man movie was like a kind of like a heist movie it was like an origin movie also mm-hmm. like kind of like a heist movie like what it would is there a genre that you might qualify this as um uh god what would, what would i call this it, like a caper i mean okay. it feels like like if you ask me this is a comic book movie it has a very sure. comic like if you you know like somebody's looking for like a machine to do something and then the heroes are trying to do something and then uh and the main character is like torn between wanting to be a hero and doing what's best for his family like you know it's like i sometimes you need a back to basics kind of movie yeah i'm I'm honestly glad to hear that you liked it i mean i was very nonplussed by the um the trailer yeah like it's much better than that yeah and it's good i will say like i don't know how like it does continue the Marvel funny streak. Yeah, I mean, I expected that out of yeah. this. Uh, I mean, I expect that in general now, but especially out of Ant-Man and the Wasp, I kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, but I'm like, you know, I mean, how many, you know, like, Hello Kitty, Giant Pez dispenser yeah. things, like, you know, how many jokes of, hey, this thing's tiny, this thing's yeah. huge, are really going to land? You yeah, know? there's not a lot of that. It's more like the interactions. This is like a right. very... There's a lot of like character work in this one, which I think is good, and it it also does the thing like I said, like the Wolverine would have been a ninety nine percent better movie than if they had done it. It's like, hey, this is this adventure will not affect the world whatsoever. It's like the characters, the antagonists are trying to get something that will only affect their situation and not destroy the world, not destroy the city, right? You know, it's Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I can't really talk about yeah, it yeah, much no, without definitely. spoiling I'm point. seeing it tomorrow, so yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. But, um, but I'm glad to hear you really like it. That's yeah. awesome. I like it more than the first one? It, it's better than the first one. Um, I, I do think there's, you know, it, all the stuff you would like from the first one is in here. And right. they didn't, like, dial it down, you know? Yeah, I guess I think I am excited to watch this one because it's like the first one has had this uh, this feeling was like, oh, this could have been an Edgar Wright movie, and it's not. Um, this one, like, honestly, I... 
I think if you know, because we we watched Baby Driver yesterday, and I was thinking, you know, Ant Man and the Wasp Hue still feels like a Baby Driver esque. Sure, movie. sure. You know, it's like the action's real. It's directed really well. I like the script. I think it's interesting that uh, Lawrence Fishburne is now the only char- the, the only actor to have a big role in the DC expanded universe and the Marvel universe. Yeah, because I was thinking about it really hard. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer is really good in this. Um yeah, you know, I like how they do the quantum world and all that stuff. And it they really do make it seem like you know like um Paul Rudd and um Evangeline Lilly have good chemistry together. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So nice. I, it's an enjoyable movie. I think the special effects are really good, which again, like I like I joked before, like you know the de aging shit in um mm-hmm. in the first Ant Man movie was probably the best de aging stuff. Oh, absolutely! And I this kind of keeps that trend going, cool. except for one scene towards the end, and we'll talk about that after you see it because I think it's like, oh, that just doesn't work, right? But right. yeah, there's awesome. my one nit. <laughs> well, that's one of the only ones I really thought was uh, you know, kind of like Guardians and uh, Spider Man Homecoming and all that. I just like a fun. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like Spider-Man Homecoming a lot, where it's like the movie's triggered by something that happened in another Marvel movie, but it's really like the date, the actual consequences of that and how it would affect people. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. It's like, hey, I like that. You found a way to spin this shit. I will say this because like, I think people will probably be expecting this. And if they go in not knowing, Hawkeye is not in this movie at all. Okay. His situation is not addressed <laughs> in this movie. Sorry, right. I'm all. not looking for him. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think the internet is really weird sometimes. Yeah. They get obsessed with very weird things, and I don't care where Hawkeye is, honestly. I mean, it's like, yeah. I think to me, the explanation of he wanted to stay with his family and stay away from all this stuff is completely reasonable yeah. to me. Um, so, I agree. I think, I think yeah, I'm just saying it because I think some. people are will come in thinking that there's going to be some big captain marvel or fucking like right you know because like when i saw people like oh shit we're gonna find out like what happens here here you know like no right i think there is a don't look for any elucidation on captain marvel that people are just so obsessed with knowing i mean people are obsessed yeah yeah i will say this there's like two two credit scenes one in the middle one at the end the one in the middle addresses the events of infinity war in some way Okay. okay Cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. Awesome. Are you doing the double feature, Josh? Um, no. Or are no. you going to do the one? I think that the double feature is probably happening right now. Yeah, it is right yeah. now. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I'm not even thinking here. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not even going tonight because I knew we had this and I just wouldn't have time. So yeah, I'm just going to go tomorrow night. Yeah. No big deal. It wasn't one I was like super crazy about, although I did want to get um, a couple of posters, but that's no. just not going to happen. Yeah. Are you, you going to use your movie pass? Uh, let's yeah. talk about yeah, that yeah, to close out the that. show. Let's, let's, let's close it up with a banger, guys. <clears throat> so, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I canceled my movie pass subscription. Um, but yeah, I just look, I mean, I think that in a year from now, we're going to be saying, remember movie pass. Um, it seems member? like a <laughs> member, you know, and I'm going to hold on to that card as a memento, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you, like, I wish I would have hold on to my blockbuster card like you did. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting because these guys, um, I truly feel are the Napster. Um, you know, they're yeah. the, they're the MySpace or the live journal. They did the heavy lifting for everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And said, here's how not to do it. 
and now everybody else can learn from their mistakes. But I, I guess I, this did this of, did. Of, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, in, I will say not to cut you off that like I think Movie Pass, um was something that was doomed to extinction as soon as it started. Yeah, so I don't know if we... I, I know I've talked about it offline, but have we ever talked about, like, because how Silicon Valley did this... I think you did. Yeah, I talked about it thing, offline. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Movie yeah, Pass is like it. Slice Line. Right. If you guys have watched the HBO show Silicon Valley, there's an episode where um, the main dude in that, Thomas Middleditch's character, um, is trying to get a programming team. Programming team goes to work for this app called slice line which will deliver pizza to your house for like a very low price it's like well it's cheaper than ordering it direct you know but at the same time you're wondering if you're using an app to order cheap pizza what's to stop you from just calling the pizza place and using a coupon so at one point he meets up with them and to fuck with them and tell him he's still in his programming or fucked with their app and uh-huh. ordered all a million pizzas or something like that because he finds out that the app has been underwriting the loss of every pizza. So basically, they buy the pizza full price and then sell it to you for less than they bought it for. Right. Which is exactly what Losing movie money on every does. pizza. They pay for every fucking ticket you buy and make up the difference. So there was no way they were... They basically, their, hope, their hope was data mining. Yeah, That's data mining hoping. to sell the, da- the yeah. data to like other third parties and but stuff. Not but they were running at a loss right. from the beginning. From the beginning. So they kept... Well, I think also their big thing was, uh, it was saying, oh, well, you know, you're going to have those people that don't use it, right? Yeah. Um, like the gym membership. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like the gym membership. But basically, they're, they ended up being their stats. Like everyone who got this was using it because everyone goes to the movies. Yeah, exactly. So they, they announced a few things to try to like, uh, you know, make this a little bit more of a solvent business. Um, so, you know, first they, they did the thing saying that you could only watch, what was it, four movies? a month yeah right um and then people were very unhappy with or that. they tried to bundle it in with a service they believed uh would appeal to that demographic which got universally shit on in which was that iHeartRadio. radio oh right yeah. yeah yeah exactly um so so they walked back the four movies a, a week thing, yeah. or four, four movies a month thing um but then what they did keep was they said you can't watch a movie more than once yeah okay so, um, you know, I'm unable to watch a movie more than one time. Well, for me, that was a big thing that I was upset with because I like to go watch movies over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a movie like a Blade Runner 2049, I'll go see that movie in the theaters five times. Yes. Right. You know, and so that was a big issue for me. And also, like, I'll watch a movie with one friend and then I'll and then my other friend, I'll want to go see it with them. Right. So that's another thing. So that was a big strike against it. Um. Then they had the thing where it's like you had to take a picture of your ticket stub, um, and you have to do this after every single movie. You uh-huh. have to take a picture of your ticket stub, which they finally started doing with me. And like for example, I went to Film Bar to try and watch uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. I checked in online and everything, right? And then I went to try and buy my ticket, and like it's sold out. And then so. I went in and it's saying you need to take a picture, t- picture, take a stub. And it wouldn't give me an option to say the ticket was sold out because it was asking me for a picture of my ticket stub. Now yeah. there are things what before they did that, where it would say, 
um, you know, oh, uh, sold out, like da da da. But they they got rid of that in lieu of the picture of the ticket stub. So I had to not have a picture of my ticket stub. And they're like, well, this is your one yeah. time, and if you all, and next time if you don't show a picture of ticket stub, your account will be put on hold. Yeah. Well, you realize it's because uh, I think people probably figured out, like, you know, the thing where it's like, oh, hey, by the way, you can just buy a ticket to a movie at the exact same time. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Which, Um, again, doesn't solve anything because you could still take a picture and go to the movie you want to see. Right. One of the best tricks in the beginning was if you had AMC stubs. You could use, you could get points to wear the AMC stubs with your movie pass ticket. Yeah. I was getting popcorn almost every single movie. Me too, dude. It, it was the best. It yeah. was it was honestly like one of the best deals. Well, and they would say you can't use it, but yeah. like half the people would never check. Like check, you'd yeah. be able to just get away with it. So, you know, so all these things, like I was honestly, I was already kind of like, I just don't know. I'm really, and, and I think for other people in different situations, it might be a little bit better, but especially as we sometimes yeah. get like, you know, uh, press screenings, right? Yeah. Things like that. I'm like, this That's is why not, I never got movie yeah. pass because it's like, oh, well, I pretty much see everything anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I again, we don't see quite as much as you do as far as that stuff goes. But, like, I mean, definitely we sh- see our share and, yeah. it, and well, it makes enough of a difference. Of was when you really break it down, it's that you as whoever it is, whoever is buying the movie pass is doing the math in their head. Right. How much do I regularly spend on movies? It's like any other service. You yeah. want to know how much you regularly spend. And the thing is, like, I've always used AMC for years now. AMC. Yeah is like the cheapest theater i mean if it's a matinee yep. show it's five bucks yep. basically that's pretty cheap so if it's two movies a month that's 10 bucks the price of the movie pass so i need to probably get at least four in so that's i'm sure right. the movie pass is thinking and then they're going oh shit there's somebody who's gonna go see a movie every single well day. and also and yeah. that you can't person. see imax movies and that's the big thing for me with yeah. movie pass as well because i like to go see movies mm-hmm. in imax a lot so when you take the press passes and the imaxes away at that point am i really using it yeah. enough probably the not IMAX and then the biggest loss and then today is the introduction of surge pricing, which is just it's fucking bullshit and i'll tell you this right now it was done today because this is probably one of the last two big summer movies right ant-man and the wasp so they can say if you're gonna go see ant-man and the wasp at like seven or eight prime right. time you're gonna pay more for your ticket yeah so in fact let's go ahead and read their their perfectly worded thing here so hope you had a great fourth of july at movie pass we are committed to enhancing the movie going experience as we continue to blaze past three million loyal subscribers our promise to you is to provide the most affordable service for everyone as we shared with you a couple of weeks ago, the evolution of our product, which begins to roll out today, is centered upon a demand-based pricing system for movies and showtimes. So then they basically give you this little tutorial where it's like peak pricing goes into effect when there's high demand for a movie or showtime. You may be asked to pay a small additional fee depending on the level of demand. You can avoid the surcharge by selecting different showtime or movie over the coming weeks, we'll also be introducing Peak Pass. Will allow you to waive one peak uh, per month. 
So then the example they show, so first of all, they're introducing other tiers okay, yeah. already, which is what they just should have done in the first place. They should have done this in the first right. They should do tiers right now instead right. of peer. Peak. Correct. Yeah. It, the peak pricing is such a turnoff. Yeah. And, and it's just. And, that, and, I, that shit is, that right. shit stops me from using Uber. It Correct. It sure is fucking and stop me from going so to So the movie. example that they use here is Avengers Infinity War at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. are the peak pricing it, things. Isn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. then they say this showtime is now at peak pricing. There will be a surcharge of three dollars and forty three cents for your ticket. And then at the end they say, like the asterisk is, uh, it may depends uh, may depend on your area. So if right. you live in New York, no, so they can tickets, rig this, yeah. or it could be an algorithm. Right. So either way, it's like congratulations. If you go see a movie at night, you're going to pay three dollars. My number one cents. thing has always right. been, yeah. is like if you're going to the ArcLight in Hollywood. Or uh, like a theater in New York City, in Manhattan. Yeah, you're paying fifteen to twenty bucks a ticket. Oh yeah, so the arc how, light is fifteen bucks a ticket. Yeah. So how yeah. does that was always my question sure. about movie pass? If I lived in LA, I would have gone movie pass just for the arc light. But yeah. if you're telling me I'm gonna have to like, you know, oh wait, so basically they're, they're trying to spend. No, instead of paying nothing, you're paying. Four dollars. Well, and but I you, bet you, it's like, yeah, I'm sure it's probably membership. where you're going. Is those yeah. ones, their peak pricing will be higher yeah. than yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah, it's like in, in an area where the movie price is low. See, here we're somewhere. It is like five dollars or four fifty or something, which is the price it was twenty years ago for a movie ticket. Right. Yeah. Matinees. If you're paying that low, I am sure movie passes. Like yeah, in LA, AMC's are like thirteen dollars. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, this with no discount. Movie Pass wins. With yeah. those so, kind of theaters, they don't win when it's And another thing that's not made clear in this email at all is the peak pricing. How is that charged? Is that charged to you for the next month? Is that charged to you instantly? It is charged on your card that's on file. Yeah. Okay. And if so you want to change it, you ridiculous. can change it. So like, yeah. I'll give you an example. So one of the things that I do is I have one card that I keep separately for a lot of my online stuff yeah. because I don't want anything exactly. to be yeah. compromised. Sure. And so that's the card that I have my movie pass coming off of. So that means I have to have money loaded onto that card at all times in case there's peak pricing of which I don't know what that cost is yeah. going to be. And even if it's the $3.43, let's say I go and see one movie per week. So then you're talking about an extra $14 on top of that extra 10. It becomes less and less something that makes sense. And I just want to quickly share my experience of canceling my account. So I canceled mine, okay? So what had happened is that I was not using MoviePass at all, okay? I haven't used it, honestly, in the last month, yeah. okay? And I'm like, okay, well, especially with the announcement of this stuff, I got to cancel. And just that, that card that I had on file, which was my, my, one of, you know, my internet card, I hadn't loaded any money on there. So they tried to charge me the $9.95, and it said, oh, well, you know, it is declined because I didn't have any money on that card. And I was like, you know, whatever, I don't care, I'm going to cancel it anyway. So then I try and go into the app, and I try and cancel it, and it won't let me cancel it. So then I try and find any customer service number to call. I can't find any customer service number. So then eventually I have to send them an email. I send them an email. They respond to me saying, oh, well, you can't cancel because you still owe us $9.95. And I'm like, well, hold, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, I haven't been using it, and that's fine. I'm canceling anyway. They're like, well, you can't cancel until you pay us that. 
So basically, they're like, it's extortion. It's extortion. It's like, if you don't pay us the $10 you owe us, we're going to continue to charge you month after month after month. Which isn't legal. Personally, I felt like that's not how business works. So I was very, I was not happy with that. That's the ultimate gym membership. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. I'll pay my 10 bucks just to get out of here. Like, I don't care. It is what it is. So I loaded money on there. But then also, and this is the one that really got me, if you cancel your membership, you're not eligible to sign up again for nine months. That's bullshit. So they're like, I mean, what a crock of shit. So they're flailing. They don't know what to do. And they've got all of these really, really bad policies that they're putting in place. And welcome to what's happened in the last two weeks where, you know, AMC and uh, and, uh, the Alamo Drafthouse you know, they were early adopters of the movie pass. And yeah. Harkins never adopted it because they tried to get my Harkins rewards going, which I don't use, but I, I use it all the time, yeah. but I don't have the popcorn no. perks. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is like AMC clearly was able to read the writing wall and they were doing their own data mining on people who use movie pass. So they came up with their own version of movie pass. Absolutely. That is a million times better and works in conjunction with Stubbs Premiere, which I already have. And I can tell you right now, if you go to AMC, get fucking Stubbs Premiere. Yeah. The other, we went to go see Oceans 8. We paper itself instantly. We went to go see Oceans 8. There were like 15 people in line. Yeah. I got in the Stubbs line and the guy, why does he get to go first? (laughs) You know, it's funny. I like every time I go I, there and I'm going with a friend, I'm like, I'm Stubbs premiere. And I like, like make a big thing about it. I'm like I get to go to the yeah. front of the line. <laughs> I know. Ruby's always like, Oh, it's so rude. Let's use the, no, let's use that. the, the, the kiosk. The kiosk is always broken. We right. always have to use the line anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's, and so it's like, you know, I get it. Like it, it on, cause they always get mad. I've never had a scenario where I use the Stubbs premiere line where right. the next person in line in the regular line doesn't get mad. And I'll be, tickets i kind of like that right right but, but so it's a visual reminder to true. the person in line it's true you, you should could get be in this it. fucking that's line that's clearly why they do it yeah we pay the money we should get the cut in line i'm sorry that's just the way it is you tell me it's not like that when you get on an airplane yeah and it's like for our da 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 members you get to board now with first class yeah. i mean give me a freaking break um but so let's talk about this AMC one now the i think we should probably avoid I, talk about the alamo because i just want to say mm-hmm. one quick thing on the stubs thing the number one thing was Stubbs, and this was actually, Josh mentioned his, like, you were talking about the things that, like, the IMAX and the things. My number one dislike of MoviePass was having to physically be there. Right. You could not book yes. seats in advance. And yeah. that's exactly AMC, what I was about to A-plus. say. Yeah, it does. So with, with, with A-List, um, you A-list, are able yeah. to, so A, it does work on IMAX and it does work on Yeah, 3D, it's every format. But the biggest thing is that you can reserve seats online. Yeah. That is the biggest thing because like I said, with that situation Which, I had. You know the Alamo are, one, you'll be able to do well, that. Well, I'm too. sure they will, but but again, that one's in a test market yeah. right now. I think we should avoid talking about it until we know what their actual yeah. final things are gonna be. Because I'm not interested in talking about a test market. That because yeah. that stuff can change. But um but yes, I mean as far as as again, uh you know, AMC A list, which is out now, um that that is something with the AMC uh, Stubbs A-list. You can reserve tickets ahead of time. And like I brought up with the situation with Creature from the Black Lagoon is, you know, I got, you know, I had a plans to go see this movie. I normally would have bought tickets early, but it's movie pass. And I was trying to use my freaking movie pass that I paid money for. So I get my friend. We go all the way down the film bar. We park. We walk in. I'm there 25 minutes early. And so, sorry, it's sold out. 
So I wasted all of that time. I made plans. We weren't able to go see the movie. It's so disrespectful of your time to not let you actually book things online with that. So the fact that AMC Stubbs A-List allows you to do that, that right there alone is a selling point for me. I just really, really, really wish the Harkins would do one. And I hope that they will. You know, with the fact that everyone else... Yeah, eventually, Harkins Reward will probably become something like that, because they got to stay on on the top. I just don't know how Harkins still has not introduced reclining seats. They are. Well, I I mean, it's a Camel View. No, Camel View has it, so does Scottsdale 101. Yeah. They're doing it gradually, and the the places that have it also have reserved seating. Yeah. yeah, but I also I'm also okay with I mean I can live without the reclining seats. Frankly, I mean we go to plenty of movies yeah. at, at Tempe Marketplace at the, yeah, the screenings. So, so everything it's not- they're fine. But I mean, sure, would I like the recliner seats? Yeah, I would. But at the same time, for me, the other things that Harkins does right, and this frankly is one big beef that I have about the Alamo. You know, things like for me, um, I like to get a soda when I go to watch a movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, having that uh, souvenir cup that I can refill for a dollar fifty is huge. Yeah. When I go to Alamo, I have to pay six dollars for a drink every single time yeah. I go, and it's like you know they they could introduce something like a like well, a souvenir. I cup. think the reason they that is because it, the food out the food mm-hmm. at Alamo goes to pay the servers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. They're business things, but as a consumer, oh, yeah. no, there are certain things. I mean, the popcorn I mean, Harkins they could is do great. Tips, you you know? get you get the free you get the free uh, flavoring for the popcorn. The popcorn is the best popcorn out there. Um, mm. In my oh, it's definitely is. I I like the Alamo's popcorn. Oh my god! And this is seriously. Yeah, I think it, the Alamo's literally the worst popcorn I've ever it's had. It's the only it. one I like. Now, I, are you talking about the truffle popcorn? No, or I'm just talking regular? about the regular oh, popcorn. Dude. We we go through bowls of that man, and I okay. I, I say everybody's kind of different. To make up world. Yeah. yeah, totally. But yeah, but because I don't like the Harkins one, like a Midwestern like <laughs> Gazette battle. Let me tell you, I yeah. think it might be the butter because Alamo uses a clarified butter. Yeah, I don't know. I and just not, think it's and, very uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I'm not trying to get into a thing really of like of like oh, because I do stuff with I like their popcorn better. I did stuff with Pollock all the time. I thought they had the worst popcorn. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't be alone. Like no, but Pollock had pretty bad popcorn. You yeah. wouldn't be alone. There are people that seem to just think that Alamo could do no wrong and that Alamo is like God's gift and I love a lot of things about Alamo I think Alamo is so terrible on so many things that I want them to get better at and this is personally why I really do like Harkins it's the mm-hmm. reason I, 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 I you know I support Harkins Number one, I just I think that their concessions are fairly priced and high quality. Um, I love the fact they have a souvenir cup, but for me, it's location. Mm-hmm. Uh, their locations for my needs. Now, this might be different for different people, yeah. but for my I'm, needs, I'm equidistant to pretty like right. I, I live less than a mile from a Harkins and an AM. Right. I could walk to either one. Yeah, where for me, um, it's like the ones, all the ones that are around the places where I go all the time are Harkins. Yeah, um, so I, I will just say, love just, there to be a Harkins. Yeah, it's just I will say the one thing I don't like the fact that when you uh, get your soda at a Harkins, you have to walk to a completely weird area to get your lid and straw. And well, they give you a lid; you just can't not oh, your yeah, straw. Yeah, the straw. Yeah. But the worst of these all is at Harkins Camelby, where you you get your stuff, and it's literally like you have to walk like all the way down this corridor right. to get. There's no other place to get it. It's by their gelato stamp. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you like, uh. well, I, I don't think anybody has ever, as a former theater employee, has ever perfected the best way 
to do everything. I think the only one that I like really, AMC's because AM- they have the self thing and yeah, then everything well, AMC, is there. It does the self thing, the freestyle, Coke freestyle machines. But one of the big things that uh, AMC, emphasis on free. free yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, the one big one, though, that AMC did get right is they're very good. I mean, I think most theaters have adopted it, but AMC was the first one I remember really having a distinction between their yeah. hot food and their um, regular concessions. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to say here, just because I want my vote counted, yeah. too, is, is that I actually think the Silver Cinemas on Bell Road has the best popcorn awesome. in the Valley. Awesome. I actually really do think that's one of that's the best. The, that's the, the discount theater the discount that's theater, like up by yeah. Santisi Brothers and everything? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. They nice. actually really have a great popcorn. I've always been very surprised. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I do wish that Harkins creates their own as well. I just wish that they all had them. Um, and, uh, you know, like, frankly... I, you know, I like the idea of movie pass. Um, I, hey, thank you for creating this idea, but you, I mean, they made the worst decision. They made their service worse. They should have at done, the time other people were creating. I will competition. say, uh, well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of write ups. What a movie pass should have done from the get go is try to get AMC or some other theater chain to buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they kind of made what's called, was always considered the borders mistake. Yeah. Where it was like, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like both because Borders had a chance, you know, like they basically let Amazon yeah. do their online sales. Yeah, like the best, if they had gone like Fandango or MovieTickets.com to buy them, that yeah. probably would have been like their yeah. salvation. And like, you, you, that was never going to be a long-term thing. Well, that, yeah. there wasn't, what's the new one? Adam? It, yeah, A-T-O-M, Adam. Yeah, that's yeah. Is one of the, the big ones. But no, yeah. but I mean like, what I'm trying to say, you know, everybody's trying to compete in the market now. And the hardest part is, is that, I mean, I don't know if there is no focus group or they're just not listening right. to like people go to movies, but yeah. it's the one you hit on. I mean, for me, it's like, I understand why they don't want to do the, the seats with movie pass, the um, reservations is because anyone can buy it and not go. They're counting on with the theaters is that this person will likely buy some concessions. Yeah. And they're hopeful of that. The other I mean, second, that could still be yeah. an issue with AMC, sure. too. And it could be, but the other, exactly, that, that is probably the, the real danger. But a big part of it is is that I think that with everything that exists, I think you do have to be tier-focused. Yeah. I think you have to offer a plan that fits everybody, at least, like, one, two, and three. Yeah. Because if you don't, I, I feel like you you really, um, you know, it, it is horrible brand it damaging to your brand but it's also just it becomes it actually ruins the whole business for people because then they're like well here's a great here's the next plan and then they're like oh it's just going to be like the other one yeah it's, gonna, you know, it's not for me one thing i'll say that's really smart on what amc did here so one of the biggest concerns that amc had when movie pass was starting was that people would basically become reliant on this movie pass would not be able to keep up at the current uh model that they would start raising prices changing policies which is of course everything that's happening right now um and then because of that um that people would get angry and stop wanting to go to theaters at all yeah and i do think the amc was super smart about coming in their timing was impeccable with this thing by introducing stubs a list at the time they did it kind of alleviated that because so many people and i've heard this on other podcasts as well people are saying oh gosh you know uh, you know i can't believe what movie pass is doing but there's amc stuff which is where you would use it anyway and it's as much as movie pass anyway you get like nine million better things you would get so literally it's like you know, you're literally being, why are you still using this? You're kind of a sucker. People are happy to pay yeah. an extra $10 a month for that. I would be happy to pay. It pays for it, and you yeah. still get stubs points. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> Which is also you don't have to like points. you don't have to like trick the person to yeah. hopefully they don't notice. Um, I just want one that works with Westwind drive-ins. Dang it! I did go to the drive-in this weekend. I just do want to say quick hit. I did see Tag and I saw Ocean's Eight. Oh, Ocean's yeah. Eight is really good. I liked it. Okay, I didn't. I didn't love it, but I thought Tag was freaking awesome. I keep hearing that. I'm gonna have to check yeah. that out. But yeah. yeah, Ocean's Eight. I I mean, we didn't really review it at all on the site or anything. Yeah. I will say, it's. The way you should do a reboot. I agree. It's not just, it's a, it's got its own personality. You yeah. know, it's not just an, an Ocean's Eleven type movie. And I think very much is kind of like a female version, not just, hey, we put a bunch of, uh, women in the, the same roles as Ocean's Eleven. Even though they kind of do to a certain degree. Yeah. But I do like how it's like, you know, it's got, it's got its own different style to it. Mm-hmm. It's not just like that kind of Vegas slick style. Yeah. It's something that very much is its own. Anime. Yeah. And it's smart because I think they did it in a way that'll build its own audience, but it's also a sequel to the Ocean's movie. Yeah. And they clearly are laying the set, the setup to do, uh, oceans team versus oceans team movie at some point yeah definitely um but yeah tag i I forgot to mention in my thing but yeah see tag tag is freaking radical like it's basically like an action movie comedy as well like it's Mm. got like all these action movie tropes and just like really really cool action scenes in it Mm. um yeah yeah so i yeah, highly recommend that. I think but we'll yeah. close out on that. But yeah, yeah I really yeah, want yeah. to see Tag. Yeah, for sure. No, I think we should close out. As, uh, I think you all should send us and how movie pass touched. <laughs> yeah, show me where. Yeah, movie tell pass us touched. your experiences with. Uh, <laughs> show me on the path. <laughs> show me on the app. <laughs> yeah, send us an email at uh, email at cofalling.co. Let us know what you think of movie pass and if you're going to use the new AMC A-list. And, you know, we're always looking for feedback, so feel free to send us an email Yeah, there. email us. Email us some questions or anything. You know, we are definitely trying to become a little bit more interactive here, guys. So, you know, if you are out there, and we know you are, because we see the download I- information, so you are you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you, who's actually listening to this right now. I know who you are. Send us an email. Email at cultfollowing.co. Yep. Sounds pretty good to us, because we want to hear what you're saying. But until next time, you know, we're going to be we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Like I said, San Diego, check out Boy and His Dog next week. Yeah, guys, like I almost wish we would have done a whole episode on Boy and His Dog. But if you're out there in the audience and you have not seen a Boy and His Dog, like it is seriously an incredible movie. It's so good. It's like one of the like the real when we talk about cult, it's like one of the things I think about. It is such a good movie. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're in the Phoenix area, definitely come out and see it. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. So yeah, until next time, I'm Victor Moreno, along with Kirby Nelson. Rest in peace, Bob. And Joshua T. Ruth. This has been a rather kinky podcast. So next, until next time, keep watching the ski.